Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Yo, what's happening to Rush Nation? It's your boy Stocks. Before we head into today's show, I want to tell you about the Draft Dominator app from thefootballguys.com. So you can import your leagues, you can do mock drafts, you can do specific settings for whatever league you want. They do customizable cheat sheets specifically for the league scoring you are using. That is really good. Murph and I have used it for a Titan Premium League. They supplied us one which was really useful. The app was $5, it's now $0. It's free. What's better than free? Absolutely nothing. So head over to the App Store, grab the Draft Dominator app and dominate your fantasy football league. everyone scott hansen here from nfl red zone i hope you're checking out one hour of five yard rush one of the best podcasts on nfl football in the uk hey hey rush nation what is happening stocks back in the studio and uh, today i'm not joined by murph because we've been told rich i know you're there you're listening but rich we can announce that murph is off he's not somewhere in mongolia or the outer hebrides or wherever we said he was bringing tea back he, in fact, brought a little boy. Well, he didn't. That would be weird. But his wife brought a little boy into the world last Tuesday, just before we recorded. So we can officially welcome Baby Murph to the podcast family. You heard me say his name. I am joined today by Rich. Rich, thanks for coming back, man. Three in a row. Something's happening. Yeah, I mean, I, I just really thought I'd take the opportunity to congratulate Murph on his child and say I've replaced him and taken his job. <laughs> so, yeah, well done, Murph. But ta-da. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, we we just Murph, we just. But congratulations in all seriousness and Rush Nation. If you do want to get involved and uh, tell him how you feel, just head over to at Five Yard Rush, DM him, I guess. 
or us, but he does run our Twitter, so it's him really. So, to, Rich, what are we doing today? Last week we did, uh, what did we do last week? Uh, last week we went through some... Um, ADP values we did not like. Sorry, I've, yes. I've literally had the longest day ever today, so I'm a little bit brain muddled, so I'm going to be stop-start. So, Rich, I need you to carry me. How do you feel about that? I mean, I've, I've seen pictures of you. You don't seem that heavy, so I reckon that would be okay. So, yeah, we'll give that a go. Okay, yeah, no, to be fair, I am not heavy. Well, I can't even be offended by that statement because you didn't call me skinny. You just said I was light. And uh, I like to go for agile, but that's also not true. So today, <laughs> today we're doing the second half of the ADP. Uh, Murph and I did the first half of this, basically a bit like a street fire fight. We're picking two players, similar ADPs, and then battling them off until Rich and I pick a winner. Rich and I were eight for eight last time we agreed on everything so it'd be interesting to see if we agree on these today i there's definitely one i think we're going to have a fight on rich but i won't tell which one until we get there now i'm intrigued but we'll find out which one it is so. we will we will there's a, actually i quite like this list there's a couple of people in here i'd never ever draft ever and i don't know why i just they're never on any of my teams so that's going to be really interesting but before we get into the adp battles let's do some news rich so i guess we start with Antonio Brown. We mentioned his foot last week. It wasn't quite the issue it had become when we recorded last week, so it turned out to be pretty severe frostbite. And then earlier this week, the NFL brought out the list of helmets that were eligible for use, and Antonio Brown's helmet was no longer on the list. And he said, well, you know, I'm not playing then. If I can't use my old helmet, I'm not going to play, and I'm going to file a grievance against the NFL. And I think this morning or yesterday that that was the NFL turned around and said, no, that's not going to happen, or however grievances work. I'm not in that line of business, so I have no idea. And apparently he's now turned up to camp after the helmet issue. Yeah, so, yeah, he has, and he announced pretty pretty quickly, actually, uh, on Instagram after the ruling came out that he was going to be returning. Um, I just think his... It's a bit of a silly situation. I mean, just just play. You, you've literally just signed with this team. Just just get out there and play and learn the playbook. This is not a good way of you know making a, a impact with your teammates. They don't know you other than what they've seen on TV. And I just think just just play. Yeah, go out and do what you're paid to do. And to be fair, he was never not going to play because it's thirty-one million dollars if he does play. So. I'm pretty sure even though he's got a lot of money, he's going to turn up for that sum. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, when you say it like that, obviously he will turn up for the money. But it's it's just it's just another one of these cases where I'm just thinking, why just play? Just <laughs> what are you doing? It's, it's unnecessary drama, I think. Yeah, exactly. And, and let's be honest, they just don't need... If there's ever one team that doesn't need that, it's the Raiders. But then that is also the Raiders' mantra, isn't it? They're crazy... Yeah, I mean, did you did you watch the the Hard Knocks? I haven't seen it yet. No, it's saved on the box, but I've not watched it yet. So there's an interesting bit where John Gruden's, you know, they're they're waiting for training to start, and he says, "Have we got Antonio today?" You know, he's just not not turning up. Doesn't seem like he's um, doesn't seem like he's really committed to the team, which is a really odd thing considering that he was their you know kind of marquee signing. But that's Antonio Brown all over, isn't it? He's like Mr. Big Chest. So, oh, yeah. it, I mean, when you bleach your moustache, yeah, where are you going to go from there? Well, there's only one thing to do, and that's to go into a cryo chamber with no shoes on. Yeah, and I don't know if you've seen the the memes on 
on Twitter and stuff because obviously he was the face of Madden last year. Yeah, made by Frostbite. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I thought was funny. And I definitely had to have a little giggle about that. Well, it is funny. I mean, the chance of somebody actually getting Frostbite in this world, if you're not stuck up Everest, is really slim. And then to be on the Madden cover made by Frostbite and actually get it is remote odds. So I, pff, crazy. Yeah, exactly. So Darius Geis is still not cleared to play. I haven't seen anything on this one, Rich. What do you know about it? So yeah, I just I saw it. It popped up on on Sleeper, um, which is definitely the best place to host your fantasy league. That it that yeah, he's still not been cleared to play, and that just to me is just a massive red flag. And his his ADP is only going to keep dropping. I mean, I think at the start of the summer it was maybe in the sixth round. And now I think you can pick him up in the ninth, but I'd need to double check that. But it's it just seems like it's just falling, 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 falling. Um, I don't th- I don't see a world where you can really draft him if he's not able to play. And I think with the guy, other guys that they've got around, you know, in in the depth chart, he when he's fit, he might not even be given the opportunity to play. So I've just looked it up, Rich. He's currently seven oh six in half point, and. S- that is, well, he's 701's Rashad Penny, 703 is Latavius Murray, uh, so is Austin Eckler, they're both 703. Then you've got Eric Ebron and Darius Geis. So, and a round later, you've got Royce Freeman, and I'd take all four of the aforementioned running backs before Darius Geis. Yeah, I mean, I think I would take Tony Pollard before Darius Geis. <sighs> Tony Pollard, now there's a shout. Yeah, but like, if you're not playing, then I don't see how I can. Like it's it's all well and good saying you um I don't want to draft Leonard Fournette because he's got injury risk. At least he's fit now. And he, and we've seen him on the field. Yeah, like he's actually able to play, which for me seems to be quite that's a key thing that I like to have in my fantasy players, the ability <laughs> to get on the field. Well, you know, that is uh, one of the main things you look for when you're picking somebody playing football. Yeah. Well, it should be. <laughs> But yeah, if it's not, you're doing it wrong. And listen to more yeah, of our exactly. podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Aaron Jones has returned to practice after a hamstring issue. I know uh, they weren't too pleased that he was missing time after Jamal Williams. Sorry, he looked good in camp. And I think Matt LaFleur was annoyed that his stud running back wasn't there. But now he's back. I think that's going to clear up pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, so from from the reports, it seems as though he's kind of said it wasn't an injury, it was just tightness. And if it was a regular season game in the, you know, the preseason open that he missed, he would have made it. Now, obviously that's the player saying that and he's not going to say, oh yeah, I was just massively unfit. But it is something to bear in mind because his ADP is quite high at the moment. And if this hamstring injury continues, then he might be a fade and picking up Jamal Williams in the mid to late rounds is probably going to be your best play. Yeah, well, especially yeah, if you can handcuff him. I mean, he's Aaron Jones is currently the three hundred five, so like you say, it's pretty high for somebody who's got soft tissue issues. Yeah, Andrew Luck. Now, this one is, I think, quite worrying. Considering two years ago they said he was coming straight back, uh, he'd be back in a week, and then never played football for the season. Had a calf strain, has missed quite a lot of camp, and he's now got a small bone issue, which is new. Yeah, it's the bone issue that I'm really kind of weirded out by. So obviously the calf is the calf is the calf, and I mean a guy like 
a guy like him, he's not going to need time in camp to learn the playbook. You know, he kind of knows how to run an offense. But it's the yes, yeah, the odd. This so owner Jim Irsay says that Luck has a small little bone issue, but there's no no one nothing more than that that I've been able to find. Um, this obviously has massive impact on a whole load of players like T.Y. Hilton. For me, will be taking a drop if Luck's not fit. You know, Marlon Mack will be getting impacted. I mean, the whole offense is going to be impacted if if Luck isn't able to go. Yeah. But I mean, it just goes to show. I mean, he's been drafted in the fifth round, and it goes to show. You know, why would I take a quarterback this you know that high when there's plenty of other players I can pick up and quarterbacks I can pick up later. Mhm. Yeah, for sure. Especially as Hunter Henry, uh, Kenyon Drake. Dante Pettis, Christian Kirk, they're all going around him. Baker Mayfield's going to pick after as well. So and at least you know he's fit and healthy because he was an absolute beast in his first preseason game. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about Damian Williams' hamstring. We've already mentioned Aaron Jones. Stay on the hammy train. Damian Williams is now taking the majority of snaps with the ones. Carlos Hyde has been relegated to the twos, although in the preseason game, Carlos Hyde did have the one-yard touchdown run, which concerns me slightly in the fact that they'll probably, well, they probably, they might use Damian Williams between the 20s and then use Carlos Hyde to punch it in, and he could take touchdowns away from Damian Willis, which might be worrying. I don't know, but that's just the thought I had. Yeah, I mean, I mean the goal line back in Kansas City is going to be worth a lot. Now, yeah. I think that, I, I really like Carlos Hyde this, at the start of the summer. Well, I like Carlos Hyde. I like the Kansas City running back, and I wasn't 100% sure on Damian Williams' ability to take a, work, um, a heavy workload because he's never actually had to do that in his career yet. All this does to me is show that Damian Williams is probably being considered to be the number one because if he's fit, they've put him straight in with the ones to see what he can do. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I still quite like Carlos Hyde as a you know, high-value handcuff. But I think all it, all this will do is mean monitor the monitor the injury, see how he's doing pre, through preseason. But Damian Williams should be a pretty pretty good value where he's being drafted, just because he's the Kansas City starter. Yeah, I mean they looked pretty good in the first couple of quarters of their matchup against the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, in, in all fairness, it is the Bengals. But oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I I, I think. If you're getting the Kansas City starter in the, in the back of the second, then you know you're getting some decent value there, definitely. Ah, uh, he's going at two ten. So if you're going to go running back, running back at the end, at the beginning of the first, end of the second, then you can get I don't know CMC, Damian Williams, something like that. Yes, please. Although Kerryon Johnson has now crept up to the two ten as well, which is I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit unsure on Kerryon as well, actually. So I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about him because. I think that he is he's going to be a, a, a good player this season, but there seems to be this hype that his workload is just unlimited. And I mean, don't forget that last season, he even said himself, he doesn't want to be a workhorse. No. Well, he wasn't a workhorse in college and he doesn't want to be a workhorse. And they're going to, I'm not sure they'll use him as one, if I'm honest. I mean, yeah, that's so a, he'll get the majority of the work and he'll get a lot of the pass down stuff now. Theo Riddick's gone, but... Okay, um... I'm just. We've got some breaking news. So I don't know if we've got a breaking news drop. We don't, but do 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 do. There you go. Um, NFL has denied Giants wide receiver Golden Tate's appeal. Four game suspension stands. Well, I hate that. 
as somebody who's been through the IVF process, I hate that and I feel for the chap. I mean, I know he was doing he was doing wrong, but it's not like he was doing it for sports enhancing reasons. So. Yeah, I mean, but a ban's a ban. I mean, a ban's a ban. What I will say is, it's obviously you know gives gives credence to drafting Evan Ingram because he's going to be taking up the you know those slot targets. Oh, first four weeks he's going to eat. Yeah, so that's definitely a guy that is going to be a decent tight end to, to draft. I mean, he's currently going in the sixth round, start the sixth round. So I reckon that'll probably climb a little bit, but it, you can't really just climb because it has to be other players that drop. But I think that, I think that's a decent value at sixth. Mm, 100%. Talking of sleeper notifications, I've got one here that says Seattle offensive, offensive coordinator. So he wants Chris Carlson to have 50 targets. So if Chris Carlson can have 50 targets on top of all the carries he had last year and stay fit, and you get him current value of the 403, that is an absolute draft steal. That will be. Whether that's actually going to happen or not, we'll, we'll have to see. But yeah, That would be beautiful if you could, though, especially if you start wide receiver, wide receiver. That would be a pretty decent running back to have if you went wide receiver, wide receiver. Uh, I've just gone wide receiver. Are you in the Eurovision Fantasy League? I'm not. I saw it late. So, obviously, I've, I've been... <laughs> I've been really busy the last couple of weeks organising the UKFL. Yeah, for sure. Um, which is now kind of waiting for the season to start. All the drafts are completed. That's like Some... the beginning of most fantasy leagues, though, Rich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the thing is, for me, it's, I would say it was almost like trying to herd stray cats, getting 240 people you know, drafting together. Um, so it's pretty difficult, but I'm I'm quite pleased it's done. It's quite an accomplishment, and I think, you know, we've we've opened up uh, signups for next year. So hopefully we'll grow the league. That'd be great. How's signups going? We've got I think we've got like 150 for next year, which that's decent. It's well, it's crazy considering it's next talking, year. It's for next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. I mean, we're going to be doing promos and stuff throughout the season. So. Um, yeah, I hope we can grow from the 240 mark. I'd, I'd like to increase increase it year after year, but you know, we'll just take take it slow. Don't want to push. We don't want to run before we can walk. So, yeah, good advice. Good advice. Talking of filling up competitions, the FFCC has 24 remaining spots. So, from the 254, I think it was. There's now only 24 remaining, uh, and of those 24, 15 emails have been sent out. So. There's very, very few spaces left. So if you want in, you can still get in ahead of the people who emails have been sent out. So head over to fiveyardrush.co.uk, click on the FFC link, click on join here, send over your Google form, and then my man Murph will sort you out. And hopefully you can jump the queue. But there is only 24 spaces, so get in. Rich, you're in, right? I am in, yeah. I, I signed up last week when you told me off for not signing up. Good, good. Heed my warning. Right, Rich, should we do some ADPs? Let's go for it. Okay, so uh, spoiler alert, this isn't the list that I had in front of me going into this morning, and that was a list that we had written previously. But as Rich quite rightly pointed out, it was an old list and the ADPs were wrong. So I had to uh, scramble today and get some new information down. And I quite, well, like I mentioned at the beginning, I like this lot. So starting at round seven, where we left off before, 7.03, Latavius Murray versus Austin Eckler. 704. Where do you want to start, Rich? Latavius or Austin? I I say let's go Latavius. Okay. 
So the Saints backfield, they pretty much have the number one or number two pairing fantasy scoring points in the backfield. And Latavius Murray, up until recently, is pretty much irrelevant in drafts. People just weren't taking him. When you think people were taking, uh, what's his name, Mark Ingram before, they were taking him really early in drafts to back up Alvin Kamara. People just don't want to do the same thing with Latavius Murray. And he's essentially the same player. So forgetting him at the 703, I think could be a real bargain. And then, you know, God forbid something does happen to Kamara. You've got a high-profile handcuff, but he also has standalone value. So if you're in a deep league and you've got a couple of flexes, you can put Latavius in, I think, and and be happy with the points he gives you on a week-to-week. Yeah, I mean, that's the crazy thing for me. I mean, Latavius Murray, he's kind of viewed as this inefficient running back. And in all fairness, he, he kind of is. But the, the role he's been given when he was with the Raiders and when he was with the Vikings and probably the role that he'll be given with the Saints is is that primarily of a goal line back. Um, you know, he's he's able to have a decent workload. He's played 16 games last season, um, averaged just under, just over three and a half yards of carry, um, which isn't, that's, that's not great, but... In this in this Saints offense, I just think that the he's going to have a lot of goal line opportunities. And if, as you say, anything happens to Alvin Kamara, then Latavius Murray is going to be given a hell of a lot of um, of a workload in a, in an offense that we know is very valuable for running backs. So I really I really like Murray. I mean, I'm I'm quite I'm quite high on him this season. So I I'm definitely picking him up before the seventh round. I'm I'll take him in the sixth just to make sure I've got him because I. I think he, well, at the very least, he's going to be a flex play. Yeah, no, I, every week, no doubt. I said it. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I love him this season. Do you love him more than Austin Eckler? I well, let's let's move on to Austin Eckler. Okay, well, seeing as you you said you love Latavius Murray, how are you on Austin Eckler? So Austin Eckler, for me, he does he has value regardless of if Melvin Gordon's in in camp or in training or not. The 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 thing is, where does he? Where's his ceiling? Because if Melvin Gordon's out, then and I knew Austin Eckler is going to be the, the main guy, then he would jump up quite quite significantly up, up my draft board. But do you think they're going to have a main guy? Do you not think they'll just use the timeshare between him and Justin Jackson? Well, this is this is the thing. So he he's mainly primarily a, a he's been a pass catching back. I mean he's. He had 39 receptions last year for 404 yards, three touchdowns. Um, and he had 106 rushing attempts, which was around about 32% share of the games that he played in. Right. If that increases to just, say, 40%, you know, and you know, you're still giving up another 40% to Justin Jackson, then that's still quite a significant increase to his workload on the ground. And I don't think the reception total will come down that much at all. So in PPR formats, he is valuable. But the issue for me is I can see Latavius's road to success being easier than Austin Eckler's. Yeah, I completely agree. And I also think Melvin Gordon plays the season because somebody gets in his ear and says, actually, mate, what you're doing is, is silly and you're throwing away money for a team that you know could get to the Super Bowl. So... I think that impacts Eckler as well, whereas Murray has the person in front of him already on the field and I think has better standalone value than Eckler does with or without Gordon. So 
I think Latavius Murray is the winner of this one for me. Yeah, I would say so. That's that's who I'd go for. Tick another agreement there, Rich. Round eight. Now, this one for me is one-sided, so far one-sided that it shouldn't even be in the conversation. But we've got Geronimo Allison at the 8.07, MVS at the 8.12. And for me, this is MVS all day long. That's so interesting. When he said it was going to be one-sided, I thought you were going to say Allison. Uh, no, I've drafted okay. MVS pretty much everywhere I can. So this seems. So my gut feeling at the moment is that I'm, I want Allison out of the two of these. So this 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 could be one that we disagree on. Okay, that's fine. We should if we disagree, we should make a bet on it. Okay, um, I'll be happy to do that. So you wanna you wanna tell me your love for MVS? Yeah, for sure. So. I think the way they have bigged him up so far in the preseason, Aaron Rodgers has procrastinated—that's not a word—has confessed his love for him already and said how he's advanced from last year. And I think the way the the coaching team have said that he's proving to be everything they want is music to my ears. And I think the way that he's going to be—I think they'll drop it, Geronimo and put MVS in for two wideout sets. So I think I want the guy who's going to be on the field more and. With Devontae Adams commanding so much attention, I think MVS gets free. He's got big player ability, and I think Aaron Rodgers is going to find him more often than not. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. Now, my argument for John and Allison is that the Packers uh, don't really run two tight end sets all that often, and they tend to run three wide receivers. So I don't think there's going to be very many plays that Allison sits for, if indeed he is the guy who sits. I I really really like this slot, um, this big slot receiver type of player. So similar to Cooper Cup in in LA, I think that having having the guy who's going to be in the slot getting those receptions is going to be really valuable. And coming out of camp, both of these guys are getting glowing reports. Allison seems like he's had the more consistent training camp so far. It seems as though he's he's had he's built on that rapport that he had with Aaron Rodgers. And it's not that I don't like MVS. I think that being on the outside is going to have more hit and miss weeks than being in the slot. And I think that's kind of why I want to go for Allison, especially in any kind of PPR format. Well, yeah, to be fair, I don't, I don't disagree with your, uh, with your slot analysis. I think that's a good shout, especially in the fire that Green Bay is going to be. I think Green Bay has such a big year this year compared to last year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, I think I saw something that Aaron Rodgers is what, you know, he uses the slot more often than um, than a lot of other quarterbacks. I mean, Randall Cobb was really effective in that in that slot role. And if Geronimo Allison can, you know, replicate some of what Cobb was doing and some of what Cup is doing, then I think, I, I, I think that he, he's going to be a tremendous value. I'd be happy to, I'd be happy to bet you that, Allison finishes higher than Marquez Valdez Scanlon this season. That's fine. You were straight up bet, no handicaps. Straight up bet, no handicaps. Injuries, injuries come what may. Yeah, that's dirt. A real man's bet. Injuries. Yeah, real man's bet. No, no vetoes. No, you know, criteria. Just straight up. I'm all aboard it. I'm just trying to load up our consensus rankings, Rich, as to where we have them. But it appears my internet has completely given up on me. So I will. Uh, I'll move on. Ah, the next one, Jared Goff versus Russell Wilson. See, now these, this is, you know, I said there's people I would never draft or haven't drafted. 
Yeah. Jared Goff is one of them. So Jared Goff is currently going at the 906. Russell Wilson is currently going at the 909. And I think I've got one Russell Wilson share where Murph and I drafted him somewhere at the end of the 10th. And we may have Jared Goff somewhere, but I don't remember drafting him. Jared Goff just isn't somebody I want to draft. And I don't know why, considering he's got three of the best wide receivers. Well, as a collective, he's got the best wide receiving core one of the best, if not the best, running back and the best head coach offensively in the league. I don't know why I don't want Jared Goff. Yeah, and this is the thing. This is why, for me, the discussion is interesting because everyone seems to have this feeling about Jared Goff, but it's the it's the saying of if you if you think you like all of the, all of the bits of the cake, then you know you want the icing on top of it. Exactly, and I don't yeah. know why I don't want the icing. <laughs> I think it's because. First impressions mean a lot. And the first impression you got of Jared Goff was when he was playing for Jeff Fisher in the Rams. And that was just awful. <laughs> I saw him last year as well, and he was good up until the bye week. He was phenomenal. Yeah, so this, this, is, the, this is the exact thing. It's just first impressions stick in your head. You think, well, Jeff Fisher had him, and he was awful. And then everything that happens, you know, if he has a, has a struggle where he has a blip, you just go back to that first impression. Whereas... Russell Wilson seems to be living off this fancy stardom that he had when he was just running, 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 running um, and being hyper-efficient. He's he's an efficient quarterback just from the nature that he does rush, which is one, a cheat code in fantasy and two, enables him to extend those plays. But I just think the touchdowns come down for Russell Wilson and I think the rushing attempts probably come down as well because they cannot let him keep taking these massive hits that he, he has. I know he slides a lot, but he cannot keep sustaining the, those hits from linebackers in space. Um, so I, I, I quite like Jared Goff this season. If, and if Todd Gurley's fit as well, then I love him even more. Well, all reports are Todd Gurley is Todd Gurley at the moment, and he's showing no signs of knee issue. Yeah, so that's... that's I th- so for me, at this current ADP, I, I want Goff. Yeah, I think um, I do too, because I think Russell Wilson's going to have a, a down year. I just don't think he's going to have to throw slightly more. But then Seattle really want to run the ball. We just mentioned Chris Carson getting 50 receptions, which helps Russell a little bit. But their O-line is terrible. Like you say, you can't keep getting hit. And I, Tyler Lockett, it, I mentioned him last week, uh, Russell Wilson. I didn't want him at his ADP. And I, I don't want him in this battle. I want Jared Goff. I want the guy who I don't want to draft, but I want him more than the guy I won't draft. But yeah, for me, Jared Goff here. Okay, so it seems like we've both agreed on that one. I want to just dive back to the Geronimo Allison MBS debate quickly, Rich. I pulled up our okay. ranking. Uh, Consensus-wise, between me, you, and Murph, we have Geronimo Allison at 48 and Marquez Valdez-Scantling at 50. and. Interestingly, Murph is the low guy on MVS. I have him at 47. You have him at 35. Okay. You've got Geronimo at 40, and I've got him at 57. Yeah, I probably need to update my rankings because I you, think You that... sent me them last week. Yeah, but a lot of changes in a week. So What, you mean um, I'll bet that's changed your rankings? <laughs> no, no, it's not changed my rankings. So actually, one of the things that um, I do is I am the Rotoballer news desk guy for the Green Bay Packers. So having to churn through a lot of beat reporters and content for them has kind of made me think that I want Allison more. 
Okay, that's fine. Well, we got the bet. Everyone's heard it out there. Yep. We need to think of stakes, though. Like, we need to decide on that. So, how about when we have the five-yard rush Christmas extravaganza meal out, which has only just literally been announced, so congratulations, Rich, you've been invited. Um, The loser of that... Oh, no, because the fantasy season would be... Is it done by Christmas? Mm, It's around about that time, but... But I'll tell you what, if there's a definitive winner by the Christmas meal... The loser buys shots for the team. How's that? Done. Perfect. And if there's not, then we'll come up with something else. <laughs> yeah. Done. Sounds good. Marvellous. Right. Moving on to the next one. This one involves your boy Carlos Hyde. So it's Adrian Peterson at the 9-10 versus Carlos Hyde at the 10-1. Fight! You might as well start. Carlos Hyde. What are you saying? So I think I'm really close between these two, but... I think I probably edged to having Carlos Hyde because I think that, again, I want that Kansas City running back. And if Damian Williams has any kind of issue with his hamstring in the season and gets pulled, then Carlos Hyde seems like the guy who's going to be given the, the job. That's That, for me, is the biggest thing. That could say Adrian Peterson versus you know Murph. If Murph's a Kansas City starting <laughs> running back, then I want Murph. You know, it doesn't matter who that is. Well, what about really, even old little light, lightweight me? It really, it, I'd put in my two-year-old. Like, if he's the starting running back for the Kansas City Chiefs, that's the guy I want. I think that's a sneaky play as well because no one's going to hit your two-year-old. But exactly, that's genius. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. See, this is I've not apart from when Murph has, has picked Adrian Peterson up late for us. I don't think yeah. we don't think we've got Carlos Hyde anywhere. We might have Adrian Peterson somewhere. I mean, I think this one is really, this one, when you start coming down to this, this kind of level is really to do with roster construction. Absolutely. I think that's, it's a lot larger part of it than just looking at the two players. I mean, Adrian Peterson is going to be, you know, he's pegged to be the starting running back in Washington. Do you want the starting back in Washington? Maybe because he's going to be giving you, you know, seven, eight, nine points, maybe 10 points a week. Um, You know, Adrian Peterson, we know what he is. He's not really going to catch too many passes, but that... That's Chris Thompson's role in Washington anyway. Yeah, so he's not going to catch that many passes, but, I mean, he's just going to be pretty safe for you. Like, he's not going to give you any massive splash weeks, but he's not really going to, you know, stomp all over your team either. So, I think... Do you think... Go on. if, If you've gone running back, running back, and then have drafted a third running back in between... You know, so, so okay, so let's let's. In all reality, you could you could draft you could have a situation where you've drafted, um, you know, Saquon Barkley. Then you've gone for who's someone at uh, the back of the second. Carry on, or Damian Johnson, Damian Williams. Yeah, and then you've picked up Latavius Murray in the seventh, and now you're looking at uh, running back four. At that point, I'd probably go for Carlos Hyde over Adrian Peterson because I'm you know, building for upside, right? Yeah, that's what I'm kind of looking for now. If I've gone kind of wide receiver, wide receiver, then I kind of think I want to have Adrian Peterson, I think, because <laughs> I kind of want to have someone that I can rely on. So do you think this uh, this might be wrong? So the Redskins drafted Bryce Love, right? Yeah. And two seasons ago, he was the running back coming out of college. He was going to be the Saquon Barkley. If he'd have come out that year, 
he'd have been the 101 in all fantasy drafts and he would have been unreal but he stayed in and and then had a shocker so his draft stock fell drastically do you think there's a chance Bryce Love just because of the the complete discoloration of the water in this backfield he just takes over the role because Chris Thompson unfortunately due to you know he's always injured so at some point he will go down injured if Darius Geis is injured still and Adrian Peterson is, well, he is one year older and is slower. Do you think there's a chance Bryce Love just takes over? I mean, there's a chance. <laughs> um, it, it, it could happen. It, it, it could happen and Bryce Love could be, end up being one of those, those guys who wins you a fantasy league because you know, he's that waiver wire pickup in week one or week two that goes on and storms, storms the league. But I mean... <laughs> For me, I don't actually know how many of the pieces in Washington that I really want to pick up because I just don't think that's going to be a good offense. I don't think it's a good team. No, I don't think I, it's going to be much scoring. No, and uh, they, Dwayne Haskins—he looked raw in the first game. A couple of picks didn't. I don't think he's going to start. And then you're picking between Case Keenum and Colt McCoy, and I'm not sure. <laughs> it's I'm just honest, a hot mess. It is a hot mess, which Murph will tell you is like my. Uh, quarterback superflex league where I drafted two quarterbacks in the eighth and ninth round I think and he called them a hot mess yeah so. I mean I was in I was in that draft and uh, me and Murph were actually messaging privately uh, saying you still haven't taken a quarterback yet <laughs> yeah. well I went in thinking I wasn't going to take one and I didn't and to be fair if Mitch Trubisky is awesome and Josh Allen needs to run every week to save his life I could be in with a shout you could be in with a shout you Don't be. say but. You were going to say but. I heard I'm, not, it. I'm not, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to leave it at that. Good. This next one's interesting. I wonder... So we've got 11th round here. Matt Breda against Duke Johnson. Breda's 11.05. Duke Johnson's 11.07. Hmm. What's Duke Johnson's ADP done over the last week since being signed by the Texans? This is exactly what I was going to ask you because I, I think Lamar Miller obviously had that that little bump where everyone thought, wow, he's just going to be given all of the work in the entire world. I'll tell you what he's done. <laughs> Go, tell me. So, um, where are we here? We are August 7th. He was 14.4. Yeah. He's now currently, well, I don't even know what that is according to that graph. Well, let me go back a page, but I think it's like 10 something. Uh, 11.04 yeah. he is. So, we've got up three rounds in six days or something and I think it's only the thing is these these middle tier uh, you know these these late these late round um, running backs they all have question marks against them it's just a case of buying into the narrative that you want to buy in and then choosing choosing a guy so this is one of the conversations that I was these are the conversations I'm more looking forward to because you know when you're looking at the top guys it's just which awesome player is going to be more awesome than the other. Whereas these are the types of guys who can really win you a league. Yeah, for sure. I think that Matt Breeder obviously has, he was fancy relevant last season. And if Tevin Coleman misses any time at all, then Matt Breeder, I think will be given the nod over Jarrett McKinnon. I think I want Duke Johnson, who I know is going to be, he's going to be on the field on passing plays. Definitely. And could maybe take some of the first, second down carries away from Lamar Miller. We've, we've never actually seen this type of a pass catcher in Houston. So it's interesting to see how it plays out. But I think I want the guy who's going to be on the field definitely at the start of the season versus the guy who could be on the field. 
So who's your could, Matt Breda? Yeah, like Matt, Bre- Matt Breda could be on the field. So I've got conflicting thoughts on both these points, right? Okay. So I'll let you into a little... I'm currently writing uh, a long form on the San Francisco backfield and what I think is going to happen over there. So I, w- I won't divulge it all, otherwise it completely makes my article pointless. But apparently, Jarek McKinnon is in trouble. He's had flare-ups, but they can't put him back on the PUP because he's been taken off of it. I don't think he sees the field again in the preseason, and there's a chance he goes on the IR. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to hear right. that's what okay. happens. So Shanahan, over in Atlanta, had possibly the best one-two punch in running backs in Tevin Coleman and Devonta Freeman. Of the two running backs, Matt Breda is more like Devonta Freeman than he is Tevin Coleman, because why would you try and change Tevin Coleman from who he actually is. I mean, there's nobody more Tevin Coleman than Tevin Coleman, right? Well, that, that, that is one thing. Like, Tevin Coleman's obviously being brought over from Atlanta for a reason. Exactly. So I think they use... And obviously, Matt Breda last year was good. You said he had fancy relevance, and he won you a few games if you picked him up. I think there's a good chance here that McKinnon is either put on the IR, is traded, or just straight up cut. And Matt Breda is the new Devonta Freeman over in San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, it's whether you buy into that San Francisco offense, ultimately. I, I just, I don't see why you wouldn't at all of their costs. I think, you know, they don't necessarily have a stud wide receiver, but they've got a lot of twos. In the first game, Jalen Hurd looked good. Uh, Debo Samuel looked good. The only person I would say who didn't look good in that first game was Dante Pettis. And that was purely because he stayed on into the second quarter. Now, that is either saying he isn't up to speed with the playbook or they're wanting to see more of him because they're not sure, I think. And I think the way Shanahan's offences have been, you know, he's, he's very offensive-minded. He's, he knows what he's doing. And I think that the backfield will sort itself out real quick, self out real quickly. And I think Breda is Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman is Tevin Coleman. And I think they both have fantasy relevance. And I think there's a greater chance. You said it earlier, we're, we're, we're shooting for the stars down here in these picks. And I think there's a chance Matt Breda could be Devonta Freeman's point-wise, whereas I don't think Duke Johnson gets there. And then adversely on that, Duke Johnson, he's gone from what could be one of the most fire-powered, high-scoring offences in the league, in the Browns, to the Texans, who, yeah, they're good, but are they going to score as many points as the Browns? Well, let's be honest. He wasn't going to be... His his fantasy value is higher in uh, in Houston than it was on the Browns, because he wasn't going to get to see the field, really. I don't, I don't think. Well, but that's the thing. In the first eight weeks, nine weeks, or like we mentioned last week, because of uh, Hunt's ban, I think he would have seen the third down work and I think I think he would have been more relevant over the eight games in Cleveland than he will over the first eight games. I mean that might transpire throughout the season to having a better season overall. But I think I think if you had a couple of good games in the beginning, you could trade in Duke Johnson for a better piece because people think, you know, you could take advantage of someone's naivety maybe. Whereas now he's gonna be the same Duke Johnson throughout the season. Whereas Matt Breda he potentially could have top ten upside if if he is Devonta Freeman. Yeah, I mean, I can I can, I can definitely see a world where that happens. I think for, for me, I'm just I'm intrigued. It, for, for me, it's more 
I don't know what I don't know. So I don't know how Duke Johnson fits in this offense because I've, we've never seen a pass catcher like him in this offense. The, I think the the Texans are going to be a pretty a pretty decent you know fancy fancy option for um for for people. And I think that I think I think I'm just intrigued to see what Duke Johnson's going to do in in this offense. To be honest, I think he's going to have a lot of a lot of those dump off receptions and you know. He has the ability to to if you take some of the first second down work, which he could well do. I mean that that was kind of what he started being able to do in in Cleveland. He he was starting to get mixed in a bit more. Then there's no reason why he can't finish well ahead of where he's been drafted. Absolutely, Rich. I have breaking news. It's not breaking to do with the NFL. It's to do with my fantasy football Eurovision fantasy competition. I'm on the clock and I need some advice. Okay, let's do it. I'm drafting from the eleventh spot. It's the third round. My first two picks were Julio Jones and Juju Smith-Schuster. It's the Scott Fishbowl scoring format. Okay. Um, so I think that's tight end premium and super flex, right? Yeah. Okay. So I'm on the clock. I've got my two wide receivers locked in. Do I go running back, running back? Do I take quarterback, tight end? Or do I take a running back and a quarterback? That's, well, who's, who's the quarterbacks that are remaining? So the quarterbacks are remaining are pretty much everybody except the top four. So Matt Ryan, Maeve, Baker Mayfield, James Winston, Cam, Wentz, Dak, Mar Jackson. Uh, oh, oh no, Kyler Murray's still there. It's just a long way down the list. Okay. Okay. So I feel you see you're at 11. So you've got a couple of picks left um, until it comes back to you, right? Like yeah. So two. I'm like one away from the turn. Okay. All right. So who's the running backs? So my thought, I was hoping carry on would get back to me, but he didn't, obviously, because it's the end of the third round. Uh, Damian Williams, Aaron Jones, Marlon Mack, Derek Henry, Josh Jacobs, James White, Sonny Michelle, Devonta Freeman. Uh, yeah, pretty much everyone after that. So I think I think I'll probably go running back here. Um, I feel as though I kind of want to go running back, running back, but it really sucks being at the end because if there's a quarterback run, then you're going to be left with maybe some sucky quarterbacks to start out. See, that's, right. what I, that's what this I was thinking but I think Lamar Jackson there's in the Scott Fishbowl format Lamar Jackson was one of the highest rated quarterbacks yeah so so I'm I'm wondering whether I should have another round here go running back running back and then take two tight, uh, quarterbacks five six basically whoever's left yeah let's do that I mean at the end of the day it's just for fun isn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm thinking Devonta Freeman here I know, I know I've got Julio Jones, so that bye week hurts, bye week nine, but surely he's best available, right? Uh, well, and, I, and Williams. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Damian Williams because I want Kansas City running back. But well, that's fine. Let's um, hamstring holds up, shall we? Yeah, but it's not like it's not like Devonta Freeman is completely devoid of injury risk as well. So um, very true. Which, which I've got Damian Williams selected. Okay. What I'm thinking now is who's more likely to fall back to you? So Aaron Jones is probably, but then you've got injury risk there. Who else do you say was a running back? Uh, Josh Jacobs. Okay. I don't really want Josh Jacobs, I don't think. Chris Carson. Okay, so there's there's options. So I reckon, yeah, just shoot for the stars. Let's go for... You don't want to go for Devonta Freeman, I don't think, this early because Julio and Devonta Freeman can't both score a touchdown as well. So that, for me, would be a bit of a tie break. Okay, so I'll punch Damian Williams and see who gets back. There's a good chance 
he gets back to the end of the uh, <laughs> to, to the end of the podcast. So we'll see. Yes. Yeah. We'll just wait and see. Yeah. So I think. Did you say you wanted Duke Johnson in that? I I think I want Duke. Yeah, because I want I want the uncertainty. I want the unknown, and that to me is more exciting than um, the Matt Breeder. I'm taking Breeder here just because I I think he could be big. Yeah, we disagreed on that one. Are we making a bet on this as well? Yeah, I'll make a bet on this. I'm, I'm always up for a bet. So. Okay, that's fine. We'll come up with that. Uh, tell you what, Rush Nation, why don't you let us know on Twitter how Rich and I should settle these battles. So currently, obviously, I'm buying or Rich is buying shots, depending on the green base secondary receiver up there at Christmas. So you let us know about Matt Breda versus Duke Johnson, and that's at 5 Yard Rush on Twitter. Come at us. Next one, tight end battle. Austin Hooper at the 12.07, or Mark Andrews at the 13.01. Yeah, this to me was an interesting one because... I think that these, you know, spoiler alert, we've actually got another tight end battle coming up as well. And these, these tight ends that you're kind of looking at streamers and who's got a bigger kind of touchdown opportunity in my eyes. That's, that's kind of how I look at it. Yep. So I, I originally, when I, when I did these, I thought I want Mark Andrews. But now I think I might want Austin Hooper. But I'm not sure why, because I, the way I look at it is I think the Falcons number of pass attempts comes down because they just will not I don't think they're going to trail in as many games because their defense is just going to be better just through increased health mm-hmm. and you've already got you know Julio's going to be there Calvin Ridley's there Freeman as we said you, you know I think there's there's already a lot of offensive talent that's going to be scoring touchdowns and so I'm not sure if Hooper is going to be getting too many looks in the red zone but at the same time I'm not sure how many t- passing touchdowns get scored in Baltimore. It's got to be more than last year, though. <laughs> yeah, but I just, I, I don't know. I, I think Austin Hooper maybe has the higher touchdown opportunity week to week because I think the Falcons' offense is just better. Yeah, I I think this one's Austin Hooper easy for me because apparently Mark on Andrews was completely irrelevant in the first preseason game after getting a load of hype and fell down the depth chart. So I think, I know it's only preseason and it is week one, but considering he was so hyped up and he was on record-breaking tight end pace last year, we don't know if he's the man over in Baltimore, whereas we know Austin Hooper is the tight end over in Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, for me, we've got this battle, but it's actually the next one that I, I think I'd prefer both of those players to Austin Hooper or Mark Andrews. What, the next tight end battle? Yeah. I think I agree. So we'll skirt over the next one quickly because it's the Battle of the Handcuffs and that's Darwin Thompson, Kansas City, running back at 13.06 versus Tony Pollard at the 13.08. I'm not one for drafting handcuffs, so I wouldn't actually draft either of these. And the only time I would draft Tony Pollard is if I felt I got an absolute beastie team and Zeke wasn't going to play. Yeah, I mean, if Zeke Zeke seems like he's going to hold out, then I think you have to draft Tony Pollard, but he's not going to make it that late because I think he'll get drafted before that. Oh, exactly. The, and and the if Zeke is out, or the Zeke owner is... Yeah, smart. the Zeke owner will pick him up because, you know, if, I'm, if, if I've drafted Zeke early, then I'm going re- to reach for Tony Pollard and I'll take him a round or two earlier just to make sure I've got that, that backfield locked up. Yeah. I mean, there's... It's, it could turn out to be a Rams situation here, couldn't it, where... Uh, oh, what's his name? Henderson... Yeah, he's going stupid high because of the Todd Gurley issue. So the closer to the season we get, if Zeke still holds out, Tony Pollard could run right up the ADP list. Yep. 
So yeah, I think it's like I think we agreed that that's Tony Pollard just because of the upside there, really. Yeah. Right then, another one of your boys, Jimmy Graham against Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed's ADP is thirteen oh nine. Jimmy Graham's ADP is thirteen twelve. Rich, this is the last round. Judges are split. Who's going to win it? I I probably go for Jordan Reed because I think that he he there's a there's a definitely a world where he is the league leading receiver in Washington. There's not a lot of guys there that I'm I'm confident in, and yeah, the, the health is a concern for Jordan Reed because he's probably got a paper cut now, which has become infected. He's going to miss three weeks, but <laughs> but the, the, but this is the thing: a guy like that, I can. I can just drop him and pick someone else up. Like I've not got any draft capital invested in him, but the opportunity is huge. He could finish top 10 tight end easily. If he, if he maintains some level of fitness in a season, he could, he could be a top five tight end. I mean, there were, there were four players at the tight end position who had over a 20% target share in the games they played in. You've got the elite three and Jordan Reed. That's it. That's pretty much all you need to know, isn't it? If Jordan Reed is fit, he's going to be he's going to be right up there. And this is the thing: even if he's not, like you, he's being drafted with that risk baked in. Yeah. So if he, he isn't, like, you just toss him away. Yeah. If he, if he's unfit, if, the good thing with him is when he's unfit, you know he's unfit. There's no questionable status. Oh, is he going to play or not? Like he just doesn't play. So you can just pick someone up from waivers or you know free agent and just go. Yep, this is the guy I'm going to plug in for this week. I'd love to have something to back up Jimmy Graham in this, but all the weapons over in Green Bay, an aging Jimmy Graham against what could be the target leader in Washington with Trey Quinn's injury as well. It's not serious, they say, but he was expected to be one of the target leaders over in Washington with him as slightly knocked up. Uh, Jordan Reed fit at the moment. Touch wood, touch everything around you that's made of timber. Like you say, he could be top five material. So if you're grabbing him in the 13th, then the upside is a lot bigger than Jimmy Graham. Let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, I think the the opportunity Jamie Graham has is he has he does have touchdown upside because you know just through positive regression. I mean, he he caught quite a few passes considering how many how few touchdowns he scored last season. Uh, I think that Aaron Rodgers certainly seems more confident with him this this season. Like, I've seen a lot of chat that they're they're talking a lot in between plays at practice as to you know where they want the ball where Aaron Rodgers wants him to run and I think one thing that's, that's kind of overlooked is that Aaron Rodgers really struggled last season in passing touchdowns but he wasn't really given the opportunity to pass the ball in the red zone which he previously really enjoyed because if you've got a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback you trust him to make a pass in the red zone right that didn't really happen last season and I think that I think that Jimmy Graham will catch six, seven um, touchdown passes this season. I mean, he, he caught 55 receptions last season, for two touchdowns. That's awful. That is awful. Very skewed. And yeah, that's, that's massively skewed. And I just think just through positive regression, he will score more. Um, so it, it, this is, these two are, are guys I'm, I'm definitely, these, these are my two favorite tight ends to, to go for if I don't, draft one early um and by saying draft one early i mean kelsey or no one else um because they i just think that they're just going to be given that much opportunity and as we said before we're looking for touchdown upside 
And I think both of these guys have tremendous touchdown upside. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I think either of them would do for the start of the season, but if I had to have one over the other, it's Jordan Reed. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree, just because I just think that he's going to have probably a more consistent level of scoring just with that um, target share that he enjoys. Absolutely. Right, Rich, this has been fun. We only had two disagreements as well, which is good. So we've got the John Geronimo Allison MVS battle and the Matt Breda Duke Johnson. And we're after your help on that one, Five Yard Rush. Let us know how Rich and I can duke that one out and uh, declare the winner after Breda stamps all over Duke Johnson. We should do a poll as well to see what Rush Nation thinks about that because it'd be quite interesting to see if one of us is massively one-sided or not. Yeah. Well, we'll do it for both considering we were... We were split on those two. So we'll put a poll up for Alison MBS and Breda Duke Johnson. Yeah, let's do it. Good shout, Rich. Good shout. Right, Rush Nation. That's pretty much it for today's show. Don't forget to head over to thefootballguys.com. Download their draft dominator app from wherever you download your apps. It's, it's pretty much everywhere. You can import your leagues, do mock drafts, download customized cheat sheets for your league specifically, which is invaluable trust me we've used one and it helped us pick players when necessarily we weren't sure it was there to to reference so head over there draft dominator app get it now it's free not five dollars it's free if it's nothing better than free stuff and if it helps you win your fantasy leagues go get it rich this has been amazing mate thanks so much for hopping on appreciate your time no worries anytime i will uh, i'll catch you next week rush nation i'll see you later on in the week don't forget to send your love out to Murph at Five Yard Rush. Go to their website, fiveyardrush.co.uk. But until the end of the week, as always, don't forget, keep rushing. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.